Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Janet Lee. That's awesome. And hello, everybody. We're a little late getting started because one of our computers decided to be a little bit grumpy. But we're on track. So I'm going to sing and play a song for you on the piano. Uh, an old time song called Down on My Knees. And you know what? That's a really good place for people to be when they're seeking God. I was down on, on my knees, praying to my Jesus every day. I was praying to Jesus, praying to Jesus, come and take my burdens all away. Now Satan tried to tell me the Bible was a lie that Jesus didn't love me and I was doomed to die but I stayed on my knees stayed on my knees Jesus took my burdens all away Oh, Satan tried to tell me the Bible was a lie that Jesus didn't love me and I was doomed to die. I was down on my knees down on my knees Jesus took my burdens all away well well I keep working on those songs and I'll get them down here one of these days blessed be the name of God I just have fun when I do those and people seem to keep requesting and Thank the Lord for having fun. Okay, now, what a day today's going to be. The subject is going to, is going to, is going to almost rapture you. This message today is along the line 
that you really have to open up your receivers. I'm not speaking electronically. I'm speaking spiritually. There's a scripture in Luke 8.17. Luke 8.17. Through verse 18. And here's what it says. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. Isn't that a nice word? That word manifest. And that's in the Bible, King James. Let's read that again. Luke 8.17. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be made known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whatsoever, or for whosoever, has to him shall be given, and whomsoever has not from him shall, shall be taken away that which he seemeth to have. Now, that is an incredible scripture. If any of the people out there think that we're being too nosy about knowing the things about Satan and the things about God and the things about angels and the things about Ziths and the things about <laughs> that which was and that which is and that which is to come, this scripture nullifies that. This scripture says that it is the will of God, the plan of God, the very hope for God's people to know and be manifested on the secrets that have been hidden since the beginning of the foundations of the world. And there is nothing, N-O-T-H-I-N-G, no, no thing, nothing secret that shall not be made manifest. Now, when I read a scripture like that, I get charged because I feel like, thank you, Jesus. I'm doing the job that you want me to do. I'm preaching the word that you want me to preach. I'm teaching the word that you want me to teach. I'm manifesting these things. And I know when I do it, it's not like what people have been teaching. It's not like what organizations have been saying. And I'm not doing this to be, uh, to be opposite of them or contrary to them. I'm just ministering the revelation that God has revealed to me because that's my obligation. Blessed be the name of God. Well, hold on because I tell you what, here we go. Let's, let's look at Genesis Today, understand we are in the 14th part of the Whisper of Satan. And this is Jerry Lee, the Manifester. And we are going to be talking about the time gate as it connects to the Whisper of Satan. And we are going to start in the book of Genesis and just take it from there. Now, we want people to notice, and we have ministered this before, chapter 1, verse 14 of the book of Genesis. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs. If you remember, 
That was one of the words in Revelations 12.1. When we interpreted the word wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, looked it up in the Greek, 4592, Strong's Concordance, it meant sign, S-I-G-N, indication, signifying, a mark. And we taught that here the other day. And here we see in this scripture in Genesis that the lights in the firmament, that's the stars, that's the universe. Therefore signs, and then it says seasons, days, and and years. So that means they are for signs and they have to do with the time. They enfold a story of the mystery of the time. And that's Bible, ladies and gentlemen. That's not Jerry Lee making up something, stretching something beyond what it says. I'm reading to you what it says. These lights, these stars in the heavens, and that includes, of course, the sun and the moon. They all have relevance. Translational information that once a person opens up the Word of God, there is imbued in those scriptures significant information that is not available to the average person. And the scripture that I read to you earlier says, you know, be careful how you hear. People have to be very careful that they don't try to to make a decision of what they are hearing that is something new and challenging based on what they have always heard traditionally. You can't measure those things that were talked about in the first, second, third grade with the things that are collegiate. Ladies and gentlemen, be careful, it says. How you hear. And, and God is admonishing. He is, he is speaking to you. And he's telling you, whosoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. This is not man-made. This is Spirit. Blessed be the name of God. So now when we are understanding then that we are in star time, because that is how God set the Bible. He said it in star time. And when we get into this thing where it talks about the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, and all that kind of thing, you have to, under, you have to understand and, and put it into the Bible focus that that's talking about star time. And when you look in uh, Genesis chapter 2, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Heavens. That's plural. And, the, and all the host of them that's big. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. He rested on the seventh day from all his work. Now look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. These are. Now, this is after going through 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Seven days of the chapter of creation. And we know that chapter, that Day seven was distinctly different 
from the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or pardon me, from the one, two, three, four, five, six, distinctly different from those first six. And we keep that in mind because we hopefully will be able to cover a special meaning of that. And now let's read this chapter two, verse four. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day. Generations equal day. And that is so important. And, and this is the ministry of this manifester revelation. To get people to understand the elongation of time. And to understand the intervals thereof. Which we'll be talking about Lord willing later. Okay now, so then we go back and... We, we, we look, you know, at the, the first day. Now, I, I don't have time to break this down because I have done a teaching on this before. And I'm just using it to make a point on this time gate portion that we are into in the whisper of Satan. So we have day one. And, and so when we are talking about a star or the sun, we, we, we don't talk in, in terms of the star and say the sun is is three years old. <clears throat> we don't even say it's thousands of years old. We don't even say it's millions of years old. We talk in terms of billions because that is the mathematical language, the correct language in referring to the duration of these lights in the heavens and of the sun. Billions of years. So we got day one, we got at least one billion. We got day two, we got at least two billion. We got day three, we got at least three billion. We got day four, we got... Hey, are you hearing me? One, two, three, four. Four billion. And then we come to, to five and it changes. Day five changes because the language of all these others is talking about heavens and things that incorporate the idiom and the knowledge and the subject of the whole universe. And the solar system, of course, is included as being a part of the universe. So when it mentions the sun and the, and the moon, they are a part of the solar system. And the solar system is a part of the galaxy of the Milky Way, and the galaxy of the Milky Way is a part of the universe. So there is an incorporation and a collateral meaning of these terms. And so now we got four billion years, and then we get into number five, and the subject on number five is very, very important because, you know, when it starts off in chapter uh, 1, verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth. Now we are specifically talking <clears throat> about an event, excuse me, about an event happening on earth. And now you can talk about, you can talk about millions of years, thousands of years, because there is a differentiation of the time gate reference. And that's what exactly we have to do. 
And so that you know that in the teaching, if you've been following me, that we teach that there was a change that happened. That Lucifer, who the Bible teaches us in the book of Isaiah and in the book of Ezekiel, was set over the stars as a covering angel. That meant that he wasn't in first presence position, but he was an assistant and and a big time assistant. And it also says that even though he he used other names like Tyrus, there's times that he used the name Nebuchadnezzar and times he used the name Pharaoh, he says that who he really was, who he really was, was a cherubim, a cherubim angel. And a big time person in that order. Because he was the most beautiful angel of that order. He was the summation of wisdom and knowledge. He wasn't just any fool. He wasn't just anybody. And he still has those attributes and those capabilities. And he will continue to have them until the day of the white throne judgment. When a decision, the Bible says, will be made about all of these things. So, we understand that in the beginning, God, the word is actually Elohim. Now, I know all of the grammatical ideas that the Hebrews, the Jewish people use to try to prove that this is a a singular God. But the word Elohim can can include and incorporate the singular God. But it, it's not limited to that. It also incorporates the, the, the many. And contextually, we know that that is verify, verification in Genesis. When in, in Genesis, verse 26... And Elohim said, let us make man in our image. That's plural. Okay, now, I want to move through this a little bit of rapidity because I'm repeating things I've already taught and yet I'm doing it for the sake of some of you people that are new. <clears throat> so then, the manifest teaches that, there, that Lucifer, on the fifth day, took over some of the main workings and lattice-changing alternate plans and begin to secretly do some things that he wasn't confessing to all of the other Ophanim angels. And we're going to look into that a little bit because it, it, it sets up the time gate. We're trying to get this time gate. We, if, we, if we don't start from the ground up, and we start off somewhere spun out in space, then you're not going to have the, the proper setting to really know what anybody's talking about. So we want to get something straight. 
Verse 23 says, And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Which sounds pretty much like it, like what it said about every other day. So what that means is the recognition for what that term was recognized to be. Recognition of what that term was expected to be applied to as the duration was accomplished. There was never any time that that day was shut off and closed down before its duration as a generation day was experienced. And the proof of that is in Second Genesis 2.4 when it tells about the whole list and it says these are the generations of the heaven in the day that God created heaven and earth. So there is an, there is an equality, there is an equal essence. Now we don't mean equality in the sense that they are even in their production. But they are even in the sense of their time. But then something happens. And we're going to show you a Bible for this. And the thing that happens is that this day that looks like it's the same equal distance in time as all the other days, and I'm referring to the fifth, actually spins out over the horizon in a continuum. Because although there is an, a reference and although there is an aspect in which it has applied to that Reference in Genesis 2-4 of it being one of those days of creation. It becomes the longest day of creation ever. And it becomes the longest day of creation because the whole aspect of the greatest part of that day in which Lucifer got involved making secret changes is challenged before the courts of heaven. But there will not be a decision made on it until the white throne judgment, which isn't going to happen till a time, time, and a half times, which is a long, long, long time in the future. So in the meanwhile, that day is still, is still going on. And it is enfolded and overlapping all the other days of creation. And that's why the, Satan still has the power of, of things on this earth being his kingdom. That's why he was able to take Jesus up to the top of the steeple and show him the world and say, this is mine. I'll, I'll give it to you if you'll fall down and worship me. And Jesus didn't turn to him and say, you think I'm stupid? This isn't your world. You don't have the authority here. Get out of here. He didn't say that. 
He said, don't tempt me. By the very fact that he said, don't tempt me, shows that there was a temptation there. And the temptation that was mentioned was that I can give you these, this world. So Jesus admits that that, that that could be called a temptation. It's a powerful thing to be offered to you know, be in charge of, of the whole earth world. And everything else that spins out into futuristic things on other planets. So Jesus, being aware of that and recognizing that, says, don't tip me, Satan. Get behind me. Now that's a verification. And, and so Satan has this tremendous power. He still has the fifth day going on. It's the longest day of all the creative days. It's still in the making. Now we're not including day seven because that is a special spiritual dimensional alignment. But we're talking about one through six. And that is the whole aspect that is incorporated in the days that you work and then Sunday or Saturday, whichever one you apply to it, be in the day that it's the Sabbath that you're off. Now we have a teaching on that too, but that's not the subject today. Let's keep going. Now, I want to open your minds today. I want you to, to look at a scripture here in the early happenings of this whole thing of creation. And this is chapter 4 of Genesis, verse 3. In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now let's go up to verse 1 of chapter 4. And Adam knew his wife. That's the language that's used. That refers to the intimacy of a sexual relationship. And she conceived as a result of that sexual relationship. And she gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Now, the Lord is spelt here in the King James in all caps. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which means that the root name there is basically Yahweh from the Tetragrammaton. Or as we would say, Yaviel. Now this is just her opinion, of course. She's not, you know, backed up by any scripture or backed up by anything else except that, you know, she got this man from the Lord. Now, there's a scripture in the New Testament. I think in the book of Jude. And it talks about that Cain was, was of the wicked one. Okay. People have to understand that even some of the disciples... Jesus turned to them and said, you are of your father, Satan. Because we are a two-compound being. We're physical and we're spirit. 
And as a person weaves in and out from spirituality to carnality, then there is there are times that that changes the level of association that that person is in as to whether it's the Father Satan or the Father God. So, there are some people out there that that believe that that Cain was the son of of a Luciferian connection. But, you know, I certainly don't see that. I, I, the scripture to me is very clear that Adam knew his wife and that is set. But I, I can see that there is a truth to that on the spiritual side of it. So that on the spiritual side of it, uh, he was of the wicked man, of the, of the wicked, wicked one, the Luciferian aspect. And and Jesus made that very clear. You are of your of the Father Satan. He could say that sometimes even to his his followers. And and uh, so we have to understand that both applications can be true. But as to the real physical thing that happened that produced his physical mortal body, that was a happening by Adam and Eve. And so that's important to understand. Okay, now. We go back to the third verse. And, now this word and, I've done teachings on that lots of times. It's a conjunction, but it's a special conjunction. And it has the quality of being able to connect things on many different levels. And, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel, verse 4, he also brought of the first seeds of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and, and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If you do well... Shall you not be accepted? And if thou do not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. That's the desire of Lucifer, Satan. Wow. Okay. Get this. Get this in verse 3 in the process of time. Now we need to do a little study there and look that up. The word process, process of time, we're talking time gate. Okay. Now when we look up the word process, in the Hebrew Dictionary Concordance of Strong's, number 7093, 7093, it means an extremity. It means after. And it's connected with 7112. To cut asunder, to cut in pieces. Utmost. Which is also associated 
in a comparative sense with Strong's 7093 and Strong's 7097, which means after the border. And it's also connected with 7096, um, <clears throat> which means to cut off, to cut short, to destroy partially. And then, as you follow all these routes, you get to 7099, use like 90, like 7097, end, edge, uttermost part. Now what we have here is sensational, this word process. Because what we are referring to here is Cain, who is called the evil one in 1 John 3.12. And that's the one about, that I meant to quote, John, 1 John 3.12, but also in Jude 10.11, gone in the way of Cain. And so this thing shows us a, relational, a relationship with Lucifer Satan that this, this person had this man by the name of Cain. And we remember that his offspring was on a parallel order so that the names of his offspring were similar to the names <coughs> of the offspring on the spiritual side. And as we begin to see that and begin to put that into a perspective, we really begin to expand on the meaning of this word process. That this word process is so very, very important because it's, it shows that this day is referring to this day and it shows that after the ending of that day as it is associated as being one of the days, that it was broken up into all these pieces unto the utmost. Because there was to follow after it an extremity, an, an, an extremity of after. So this word after is imbued into this many, many times throughout all these different uh, relational words. And yet, in that process is revealed... and asunder a, a problem, something that, that has been cut off, has been ended, as we see that in 1799, something ended, it's come to the edge, but now it's ended, it's ended. But yet, there is this uttermost an extremity that goes on is clear in this very word process, in the process of time, in the going on of time after the event, in the going on of time. And you know, in Daniel 7.25, there is a 
scripture there that shows that those people that followed Satan were involved with Satan. They have this ideology in which the Bible says they, they thought to change the times. <clears throat> Bless God. We're going we're gonna to take a break. Janet Lee is here. She's going to uh, play some more of those beautiful songs. And we're, <clears throat> we're looking forward to it. We're excited about it. And uh, we're going to turn it over to her.
Well, hello there, and I hope that you hung on. Uh, all this powerful Word of God uh, blew the surge bar. <laughs> and we had to make a replacement, and uh, whoa. Uh, but we're not letting that stop this message. Uh, so let's just keep going here. Okay, uh, I was talking about this word process as it connects to the thing uh, with with Cain in the fourth chapter and um, and the and uh, the uh, uh, the third verse in the process of time as it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit. Now, I read to you something and I quoted it a, a particular way uh, on purpose, knowing that some of you would catch it and say, "Oh, wait a minute, how could that mean that?" Well, because uh, I was planning on coming back on here to make my point. Verse seven. Um, the Lord has first six. The Lord has spoken to Cain and said, "You know why are you upset? Why is your countenance falling?" Verse seven: If you do well, shall you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Okay. Now the way this is worded, it 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 uh, uh, could get confuse somebody, but I'm going to show you how that it can have two applications. So if we take and we say. If thou doest well, thou shalt thou not be accepted. And then you go on down to uh, the, the, the second and. Uh, and unto thee shall be, unto thee shall be his desire, referring to Abel. And unto thee shall be Abel's desire, and thou shalt be a, a ruler, or, or shall rule over him. Now, if Cain had done this thing right because he was the firstborn. And being the firstborn, he had the first rights. Then Abel would have been subject to him. But because he was not doing it right, he was doing something really, really deep and really, really wrong that was happening inside of his mind. There was a treachery there. And so now let's read it this way. If thou doest well, thou shalt, shalt thou not be accepted. Uh, and you know, and unto thee shall be uh, uh, Abel's desire, and you shall rule over him. Now let's go on. If you do not well, then sin lieth at the door. Now that's where we have both stories. We've got the story of him losing his possibility of the firstborn connection. And then we got the possibility because sin is lying at the door. There's almost there's a there's a personification there imbued. And this sin is not a major thing. Something something major. Uh, pardon me. This sin is not a minor thing. Something major is happening here. And that major thing is the influence of the forces dark. So then now we have this situation where uh, we've, we've got the second, uh, the second causation. Sin is lying at the door and, and his first opportunity, he fails. Sin is lying at the door and under these shall be his desire. That, <clears throat> that makes it this is translated right. Shall be his desire, shall be Satan's desire. If you if you follow the sin, Satan's going to get his desire. 
and you are going to be one of his rulers. So rule over him is just not exactly a correct interpretation there, and the correct the, the interpretation, if it was all put in proper perspective, would would unfold this so that it it made more readability and more sense. And because it is broken up, it, it has a problem of having a connection. But but we see that people do have two choices. One, you know, to to follow their birthright, and they they would end up being, uh, you know, the chosen one, and they would end up, you know, uh, being the the ruler over uh, th those that were were not the firstborn. And and and. Um, and uh, and then of course uh, I made that a little bit extreme because what I did is I took I took and um, and uh, and I, I put Abel uh, in that seat and uh, and then of course uh, uh, you know uh, Cain kills Abel and uh, and then you know later uh, there is to be uh, you know uh, uh, an, another son that is conceived and. Uh, that that is such a story there, and it's not the story I I really want to get into today, and I don't really know how I got into that part of it, but except to show you that in the scriptures you really have to have an ear to hear what it really says, and and how it really is supposed to go together, and so that the connection then of this process of time directly connects Cain uh, to having been in the camp of sin. And, the, the, and being in the camp of sin and the influence of sin is exactly then what uh, uh, motivated him to end up killing his own brother. He already had the authority of, fir, of the firstborn being over his brother, but he was convinced by the whisper of Satan that he really didn't have that and that his brother was a threat. And so then comes this incredible verse that precedes it in the process of time. And, and here we see this uh, uh, word being a reveal, uh, be, being an insight uh, as to this whole thing of the, the, the fifth day, the longest day of creation uh, of Lucifer, Satan, and how that, that process of time uh, you know, is like the effects of the act that that um, uh, Cain had when he murdered his brother. Uh, that went on and on and on, and affected his whole life from that point on. Affected his all his offspring, uh, changed them from soul people to non-soul people. Eventually, uh, it 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 was a non-ending thing. You see what I'm trying to make, and this process of time was incorporating that, which is the very same application that connects to the things that that of Lucifer's thing continuing, which we can verify by all of the things that are going on uh, and being told in the scriptures. So um, it, it's it, it's a paradigm, and it is an interesting one. And uh, we must not underestimate it or miss it because it, it has incredible uh, application. So, the, uh, you know, this, this time gate, yes, it's connected into chapter 12.1, uh, the wonder uh, that is the sign. Uh, it's connected into 
the 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 meanings of all of the circuitry that we talked about in our teachings, and it's connected into this thing of the whisper of Satan in Isaiah, um, you know, uh, twenty nine. And I just for the, the sake of you people that have, you know, we, we've been talking about the the whisper of Satan week after week, and just to remind you of the scripture, which is found in um, chapter twenty nine, uh, beginning with verse one of um, of Isaiah. Woe to uh, Ariel, to Ariel, uh, the city of the city where David dwelt. Add ye year to year, uh, let them kill sacrifices. Uh, we've got the city of David that is the, the the blessed city of David, where there is so much of of uh, spiritual history about the the promises given unto David, the covenant and all that. But at the same time. There is a second part there, um, you know, uh, and uh, add ye year to year, let them kill, kill sacrifices. Okay, now some say, well, those could be good sacrifices. Yet I will distress Ariel, and there shall be heaviness and sorrow, and it shall be unto me as Ariel. I will camp against thee round about, and lay siege against thee with a mount. So now, by the very context of what it is saying, Although Ariel uh, basically stood for the Lion of God, El God, and and uh, um, and and it would seem that that should be something only good said about you know the the, the city where David dwelt, but there is something that is differentiated, and and God has turned against it, and the ultimate that comes out of that is in verse four. And thou shalt be brought down. So thou is being then connected to the second lion, which is is the the lion of the gods. Satan goes about as a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour, because that is is enwrapped within the contextual uh, happenings that is being described in this uh, first few verses of chapter twenty nine of. Isaiah. And then it says, And thou shalt be brought down and shall speak out of the ground, and thy speech uh, shall be low out of the dust, and thy voice shall be as one that hath a familiar spirit out of the ground, and thy speech shall whisper out of the dust. And and moreover, the multitude of thy strangers shall be like small dust, and the multitude of thy terrible ones shall be a shaft. Now, this is a major operation. And they they are they are basically called uh, you know terrible ones, and 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 there's a multitude of them, and and this is all involved in this second lion of the god of the gods, and, and so there, there's two stories here, and it, it, it there's a similarity of the two stories that was there implanted in that verse which we read to you in Genesis about about. Cain and Abel, and how that there's two stories there enfolded in that verse. And here in 29 is two story stories of the two different kinds of lions, and then of the revelation of how that 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 Satan is going to be exposed, that his that his uh, his secret, uh, his undermining work, 
the the things that he's been doing to 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 undermine uh, persons like Cain uh, uh, is going to get exposed. The things that he has done at creation to undermine the creation is going to get exposed. Um, these plots are going to be revealed. This fact that he has. Uh, whispered and how it has a connection with uh, a familiar spirits and and how that his speech has been controlled in such a way that there is a you know this secretive aspect to it and conspiracy aspect to it and and um, uh, that 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 uh, he he's going to he speaks this low uh, uh, speech as a whisper and and uh, and it it is out of the dust and uh, and thy voice shall be be as one that hath a familiar spirit out of the ground thy speech shall whisper out of the dust so out of the ground and out of the dust is going to be a, re- a revelation now those two terms are important because in uh, the book of Genesis, uh, out of the ground was the creation of a whole lot of of different uh, creatures, and and uh, and and then when they die, they return to the dust uh, from which they came. Uh, so all of those words are deeply, deeply involved in in a whole ritual of historical happenings, and and so this 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 incredible thing is thou shalt be brought down. That goes along with, you know, with scriptures in Ezekiel, scriptures in other parts of, of Isaiah. And it it just verifies the importance of this, of this thing about the whisper out of the dust being, being there is a, a spiritual power of God that comes and says, you know, you're you're going to be you're going to be made to eat these things that you have been saying. You're going to be forced. Uh, uh, they're going to those things you have been saying as whispers are going to be going to be forced out into the light, and they're going to be manifested. And that's what is in the meaning that goes along with this revelation that has to do with the whisper of Satan. Now we find that so beautifully further explained. And and of course, in the book of um, of, of Isaiah. So when we look at uh, you know uh, as at Isaiah fourteen, and let me let me uh, turn to that and read that to you because uh, it so connects, it so makes the story all come together. And uh, wow, and and I want so listen to what we're going to come into right now. Isaiah fourteen verse twelve. How. Art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, <clears throat> which did weaken the nations? How did this happen? It's supposed to be revealed. There's no secrets that are not supposed to be manifested. And this word is in here, but it's like what it says in the in, in the other scriptures. How the, that... The way that the word has been put into the scripture, not everybody can get that word out because it's got to be revealed by the Holy Spirit. Because there's there's a complicated uh, uh, infusion there. And without understanding by the Spirit that complicated infusion, you can't really understand in with clarity exactly what it is saying. 
But what it really is saying in the scripture I've read is that this is, this is going to be broadcast. Uh, God is not going to let Satan get by with having these uh, secret uh, uh, ways of doing things. So now, what is going to happen? What does it say is going to happen? Well, this is really neat. Okay. How art thou fallen? Now listen to this. In thine heart you have said, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now, the whisper of Satan, how art thou fallen? The whisper of Satan, in thine heart. That's not something that's broadcasted where everybody can hear it and know it. It's something within and something that is put out in such a small, still voice using a quote on the other side of the meaning that not everybody can understand what the, what the meaning of that, of that is. But the, it's in his heart he has, he has had those conditions, those ideas, those desires. And what are they? I will ascend unto heaven. Well, what are we doing with this teaching of the whispers of Satan? We are showing that the whisper of Satan was part of an incredible plan to ascend into heaven. We are showing that the whisper of Satan was part of an, uh, of an outstanding, extensive plan, a conspiratorial plan to exalt his throne above all of the stars of God, above all the angels of God, so that he would become a Lord of hosts, not even a second in command, but a first in command Lord of hosts, and ladies and gentlemen, we're exposing that. That's why this thing with the with the, the the teaching on the whisper of Satan is so important because here's the other part that he says: I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. Okay. Now, what are these things that have to be revealed? Well, there was war in heaven. Why was there war in heaven? Because of these very things I've been reading about the whisper of Satan. And, and, and what do we discover? Like, how that this, this creative day of, of, of Lucifer, number five, has not has not stopped. It's still going on and has been going on for a long, long time. And so people are still being affected by those happenings. So when I turn to to Matthew thirteen and I read from verse thirty six, then Jesus sent the multitude away and went to the house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares, T-A-R-E-S, of the field. And Jesus answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. 
The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked. The enemy that sold, sowed them, S-O-W-E-D, sowed them, is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels, and therefore the tares are gathered and the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of the world. And the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather them out, gather them, gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them that do iniquity. Now, that's still part of day five of the creation of of dragons, which happened on day five, which are the dinosaurs, of creations of of birds, birds that were dragons. That happened on day five. We're going to talk about that. These are all part of the whisper of Satan. How art thou fallen? These things have not been answered in the fullness of understanding. And so the, the, the believer world out there does not have the information. So when the scripture that I read to you, you know, be careful how you hear, they haven't been trained how they are to hear. They haven't been taught how they are to hear because they have been so enmeshed with doctrinal uh, things that are, are old insights that do not incorporate or cover important things like, how art thou fallen, Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou fallen, Satan, Lucifer, Satan, the whisperer? What are your what are the things you are whispering? Well, one of them is certainly the tares. And Jesus had to make that known. Because people didn't know before Jesus explained this. They he did not know that there that there was there that the field was the world. And there was good seed and there was bad seed. And the, the and the differentiation of there being good seed and bad seed had to do with who was doing the sowing. And there's the, the son of man, the good seed sower, and he has an enemy. And the, and the people that are the good seed, they have an enemy. And that enemy is, is the devil. Wow. The tares are the children of the wicked one. Of the wicked one. That's still going on, ladies and gentlemen. The whisper of Satan is still happening. The, the, the fifth day of creation, the longest day of creation is still going on because there has never been a settlement and a charge that has been brought to a termination or a, a finality because it cannot happen until the white throne judgment. Therefore, that day of creation, though it had its, its place in the lineup of the six days and the seventh day, 
That is the day that is in continuum. And so, it is no small thing. It is major. And we talked about last week how that many of the revelations that need to be seen and understood in the Bible cannot be seen, cannot be understood. Because people are not expecting them to be any different than to just look at the, at the, at the verses and the words and have an understanding. But in Hebrews 11.3, <clears throat> it says, Things that are made, things are made of things that do not appear. Things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. Let's say it again. Through faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. So things that are seen are not made from things that appear. They're invisible. So this whisper of Satan has been pretty much invisible because, you know, it was like in that category of something within his heart an inspiration that he had within his heart. But he found a way to get that, that inspiration telepathically and other ways out to the masses. And, and so it's very, very clear in this scripture I just read to you that the tares, that the people who were affected by those tares became wicked children of Satan. And it's an enemy plot, an enemy action. And it's all about the devil. And it's all about Ephesians 6.12. Our war is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers of the darkness of this world. That is just so absolutely important to understand. Now, let's go on with this thing about the whisper. If we take the, the word whisper and we get into this ninth chapter of Revelations and, and the, fifth, the fifth day revelation that is also there, it is very expansive and very interesting. If you even take a thesaurus and look up, you know, a word like whisper, what, what does it give you as a variety of potentiated meanings? Well, words like outside our time. Wow, does that not ever fit? Does that not ever fit this extremity that I read to you about the process of time? And another word is under breath. And that goes along with this thing within thine heart. You have, you have meditated these ideas, Lucifer, Satan. So it goes on to give words like sub-audibility. There is, the audibility is not on top the surface, but it's sub-audibility. But there is an audibility potential <clears throat> where this word does get out to people. 
It is awesome. It is described as a, a veiled voice, and there's so much scripture for that. As a decrescendo, as an undertone, as a subserration, S-U-B-S-U-R-R-A-T-I-O-N, subserration. Another word that is so important is subversive and secret, especially the word secret, because we're going to take off on that word, because that is so important, that word secret. And another word that comes up is murmur and wind sound and utter. Now, we talked about things like um, spaces between, and we called it interval, interval of time. I, I want to get into that in a little bit, um, but I want to first cover the full aspect of something else. <clears throat> when you look up the word whisper in the Hebrew, 6850, 6850, it says to coo, to coo things as a bird, whisper. Now, I find that so interesting. We know that the Bible talks about God hissing, which is sort of like a whistle, like a bird thing, to call his people. And he uses the word hiss. So there is an angelic kind of language uh, that this hissing and this bird talk goes into. Some of it, of course, is is holy and some of it is not holy. But there is a an interesting connection. Now who would ever imagine that Moses' wife, Zipporah, Z-I-P-P or Z in Canadian, I-P-P-O-R-A-H. <clears throat> if you look that up in the Hebrews, Strong's Concordance 6855, the word for it is a bird. That was what the name Sakora means, who was married to Moses. <clears throat> to not overlook the mystery that unfolds in the words of the Bible, in the names, and what all that means. Because, I mean, I could take off on this thing with Sakora right here, and it'd be It'd be a whole message. It'd be a whole message. But that's not where I'm coming from right now. I, I've got too much else to cover. But let's let's think in terms of all this thing about the underbreath, outside our time, the undertone, the sub you know, the subtones, uh, the sub audibility, the veiled voice even subversion, but especially the word secret, because we will we'll be talking about that. But first, let's look at this thing on the word bird. And um, when we get into this thing on the word bird, 
uh, you know, it's it's part of the thing that comes from whisper. And that is so very, very, very important. And we have this word also um, secret. So just before we get into the bird thing completely, let's talk about this word secret. In Genesis 49, 5 through 6, um, Jacob is giving a a blessing on his his sons, and um, and we have this thing on uh, where he says talks about uh, uh, Simon and Levi being instruments of cruelty, and he says, "Come not thou unto the secret." Now this word secret in the Hebrew 5475 which is from a root of 3245 means to in all of its connections to consult uh, to be in close deliberation or closed deliberation a secret, an inward secret, and counsel. Now, when we begin to apply this word secret, which is one of the words that is considered to be a thesaurus of the word whisper, we begin to see that it really fits the meaning of the very thing that is being told in the Bible. And being told in a way that it's interwoven and it has to be understood. And as we read this about this secret and we look at the roots, like in 5475, you know, it, it, it cooperates with this word in 54, uh, you know, in, in uh, uh, 3245 and 50, uh, with, uh, and 5475 uh, together. So that it can mean to consult or to lay a foundation or ordain. It also includes number 3246, which is from 3245. A foundation, a beginning. And that is the revelation of what Satan was wanting to do. He was wanting to start a new beginning. He was wanting to start a new order. He wanted to be above all the stars of heaven. This was his whisper. This was his conspiracy. This was his plot. This was his undermining. This was his subserration. This was his... Outside of time, his underbreath, his sub-audibility, his undertone. But it also was a dilation of time. Because by being a dilation of time, they say that if two brothers of the same age, they were twins, and one went into space and traveling even half the speed of light, when he would come back from the trip in this certain amount of time, 
he would end up being two years younger than the brother that never made the trip. And that's called dilation. Well, that dilation thing is tied in to this idea of the interval of space. And it's what Satan is into big time. So that in the, in the, on the 70th, 70th page of the book of the Seven Thunders, it talks about how that there are three dimensions. And then it says that each one of those dimensions has a counter dimension. And that as you get into these counter dimensions, something totally different can happen which can allow things like the dilation of time and all these various spaces. Now, even in the word, even in the word of the, of the Bible, we have intervals between the letters so that the deep word of God people know that not only does every little, every little increment of the, of the word of God, of the letters of God, have special meanings, but even the spaces between the letters. And so, you know that if in English, if you take and you put uh, a sentence, you put you you know that up until the time you put the period, there's only usually one space between every word. But as soon as you put a, a period, you give it two spaces. So now you have interval of one and you have the interval of two. Now, there's a differentiation that happens with those, those uh, intervals depending on the length uh, of, of, the, of, the, of the word. So if the word is more letters, then it's using up more space. But if the word has less uh, letters, it's using up less space. And then if the word is being received by the Spirit, it's utterly important that the spaces are exactly what they are supposed to be, not more, not less, because, because the exact interval of spaces creates an energy and a spiritual vibration and spiritual reverberation and resonance that just regular words do not. And the Bible says that the letter of the law is dead. Only the Spirit can make it alive, and it incorporates all of these things. Well, I have to do one more thing here that we that was promised in our letter we sent out. I, you know, I haven't begun to get into this thing. I want to get in on the birds. That is going to have to be, Lord willing, next week. But we promised that there would be this prayer, which we are calling calling for the Zith engines. To, uh, to release healing power to the parathyroid glands. Now, the parathyroid glands is something additional and different from just your thyroid. And there is potential in those, in, in the parathyroid gland, to do all kinds of imp important things of healing for people with bone deficiency or bone problems. So we are going to right now do a, a, a Gentile and ask the angels of God to carry that message into people's bodies and heal them that are having bone deficiency problems. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid, to the 
corpus callosum to all the hemispheres of the brain to the neural network. Begin to send messages across the neural network through the synaphis and into the Bhutans. And from those Bhutans that are the ones specialized for special messages to the body and special deliverances, begin to send messages into the body of the listeners, those now listening, those that will be listening, to begin to send this healing and begin to cause the body to come bring forth in its hormones and its enzymes those nourishing type of elements that will cause incredible healings in the bones of people's bodies. If you begin to hear some crackling of your bones, don't be alarmed. God may just be doing an awesome thing. God bless you, dear people. We love you. Next week, it's going to be awesome. Don't miss it. Good night. Good day. God bless you.